Congressman Armstrong, welcome back to Point of View. Always great to get uh, some of your time. I said last night you hit it out of the park with a testimony with the uh, Postmaster General uh, DeJoy. So I want to play that clip for our audience in case they missed it last night and they just give you a chance to add some more context to it. If you don't get that money that we passed on Saturday, will the post office be fully operational on November 3rd? Yes, we'll be fully operational. But it's not about raising money for the post office. It's about raising money for elections. And I have here DCCC, DNC, members of Congress, members of Senate, all running ads on the post office. You know what? About saving the post office. None of these ran in 2019. None of these ran in April 2020. So what else do you want our audience to know that we didn't see in that clip? I think this is really important, especially from somebody like me who's been working on this issue since I got to Congress. Uh, everything the Democrats asked for in their bill uh, on Saturday is something that they recommended in April. And we knew in April that it wasn't accurate. But I think the point is, is it wasn't until it became politically beneficial to them in an election year that they started screaming about saving the post office. Our hearing in April 2019, we heard the post office was in trouble. In our briefing in April of 2020, we heard the post office was in trouble. And then nothing was being done about it. We weren't even scheduling hearings on it until it became politically beneficial to do so. So the cynic in me would say this is more about raising money for campaigns than saving the post office. But hopefully, at least now that people understand that we need postal reform in order to ensure we're getting six-day mail in, in, in rural North Dakota. Nancy Pelosi brings you all back to, to do $25 billion for a post office, but yet she can't do a skinny bill on a stimulus check or anything that's actually going to put money back in the people's hands. Why is that so challenging for her? It, it, what, because it's, it's fascinating to me because, like I said, this is an issue that has been there forever. This existed pre-COVID. The Postal Service lost $9 billion in 2019. But there are real issues we need to solve. We need to pass NDAA. The government runs out of funding at the end of September. And, oh, yeah, we're in a nationwide pandemic. And in small businesses and restaurants and music venues and all different kinds of people across the country need real help right now. And instead of bringing us back to deal with that, they've extended our August recess by two weeks. It's just insane. So let me ask you this. When she brought because she called Joe back on a Saturday. So you've got to fly. I'm sure you have staff that, that probably needs to fly or travel. And yet Speaker Pelosi and many of the Democrats are going to talk about how infectious COVID-19 is, how a series of a, of a pandemic this is, is she putting people's lives at risk by calling you back to D.C.? Well, I think the ridiculousness of this thing is exactly that, right? I mean, 30 percent of their of their of their conference didn't even bother to show up for an emergency vote because they were voting by proxy. And not only that, this is a show vote. We know exactly what it is. And it probably costs around twenty five million dollars to do that on a Saturday. So, I mean, it's more than that. It's all of those things. Wait, 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 wait. wait. How, it cost how much to do that on Saturday? We were trying to do the math, and I, I think it's easy to say it costs over $20 million to bring everybody back like that for one vote. But, I mean, this last COVID package, I am not saying it's a 100% one side's fault. We're in divided government. But isn't that the very reason we should be there? You have divided government. You have groups that have made these deals before. Why aren't we all there working on it? Well, I'll tell you why we're not all there working on it, because Speaker Pelosi has more power when we're not there. And it is that simple. And so now we're extending our recess to September 15th, which will give us two weeks wow. to figure out a COVID package. And, oh, yeah, by the way, fund the government. But why can't she just do a skinny bill and say, OK, here's a bill to put the stimulus money back in people's pockets? 
that bill. There's a, we have a restart bill specifically. It's a bipartisan bill that extends PPP for those most vulnerable small businesses. If we were going to be there Saturday, why didn't we take that up? That bill has broad bipartisan and bicameral support because it's not about helping the American people. It's about putting them in the best position to win the election in November. 3rd. And there's no realistic answer that doesn't come back to that. I, I, I hate to say I agree with you, but I, but I think I do on that one. Let me share with you another clip. Uh, Speaker Pelosi was on MSNBC recently. I want to give you a chance to respond to what she had to say. We take an oath to protect and defend the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our Constitution uh, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue with their allies in the Congress of the United States. The Speaker of the House just called the President of the United States and you a domestic enemy. What say you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's surprising, except it's not. That's not the right rhetoric for any Speaker of the House under any circumstance, but particularly not right now when people really are suffering. Kids are going back to school in some of the most... Um, uncertain times we have ever had. I have two kids going back to school. I don't think I'm the problem, but I think when you look at some of these things, I think this is exactly it. And this is what has been so frustrating, particularly for states like North Dakota. I don't think Speaker Pelosi cares about North Dakota. I don't think she cares about the things we produce here. And I don't think she particularly likes the way we do it, which is why we continue to fight every day. But that kind of rhetoric is absolutely, um, I wouldn't like it if anybody is saying that on either side of the aisle. Um, but I think when you are the Speaker of the House and you're going to have to negotiate some really tough things here in the next two months, it's not helpful at all. Yeah, you got to have a little bit of decorum as the Speaker. So let's talk about the, uh, the because I want to continue to focus on the people's pockets. Let's talk about this payroll tax holiday that President Trump has done the executive order for. When can people start to see that? in their paychecks. I think the implementation part of this, and this is, you know, this goes a lot like police reform. People can criticize the president for this, but so far he's the only one doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I think, but I, and, and, and I applaud him for doing those things. I wish we would take more of our article one um, authority back from this president or any president, but that would require a functional Congress in particular, a functional U S house of representatives. But I think one of the problems with this is how it can be implemented in a way that businesses can actually do it. And I applaud the effort, but I mean, how that works is going to really come down to whether it can be easily and quickly implemented. So I mean, we'll, we'll see how it works forward because, I mean, it's just even just even just different payroll periods make that problem. Well, and that, that's why I think people at home are going, hey, look, I, I love the president's trying to get something done. But yet until it's in my bank account, it doesn't really mean much. So any kind of guesstimation on, hey, the person sitting at home right now, you're going to see more money in your paycheck by the middle of September and of August. Yeah. And I think I think the answer is some of it depends on who your employers are. Some of it depends on the software they have. And I think but I really do. I think it's important to recognize what the White House was trying to do, why they were trying to do it, because it's important. But when Congress doesn't act, sometimes they have to put a square peg in a round hole in a round hole. And it makes it a little harder to implement. It'd be a lot easier to implement if we were there and doing it through the legislative process. That is for sure. Boy, amen to that. I got to ask you about this because there's so much conversation about COVID-19, some therapeutics, the vaccine. Uh, I believe it was on Saturday, President Trump tweeted out the deep state or whoever over at the FDA is making it very difficult for drug companies to get people in order to test the vaccines and the therapeutics. Obviously, they're hoping to delay the answer until after November 3rd, must focus on speed and saving lives. Do you believe there's a deep state over in the FDA? 
Uh, I don't know if there's, I don't, I wouldn't go that far, but I do think there's, it's pretty interesting, right? I mean, we have people at the FDA promoting plasma and then when the president does it and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, whoa, slow down a little bit. Um, I mean, doctors are careful by nature. Bureaucratic doctors are inherently careful by nature. But the reality is, is these things, I mean, other countries do things in different ways because their regulatory environments are more streamlined. And I don't recall a whole bunch, I mean, these things going on. But I think you just, I mean, if you look at the narrative and particularly in the media, just look at the plasma situation. Dr. Fauci cut a video supporting plasma and then the middle of the the minute the president said it, um, the, the Democrats media allies just absolutely trash it like the president came up with it out of thin air, which is absolutely not the case. And more importantly, and we've seen some of this with hydro hydroxychloride, too, and I don't want to get into that whole argument. But remember, it's an over the counter drug in other countries. I mean, it's not yeah. like people take hydroxychloride and fall dead on the side of the street. Congressman Armstrong, we've got you for a limited amount of time, but I just want to play a quick clip because it was end of July. I had Senator Amy Klobuchar on, who's a Democrat, was running for president as a Democrat, talking about convalescent, convalescent plasma therapy. So I just want to play this clip for audience, and then we'll move on to our Most last. doctors, if you talk to people at Sanford or Essentia or the VA Medical Center, they believe this giving of plasma is essential. For one thing, it helps with other things anyway. People always need to give blood. So we have blood during this time of a medical crisis. So believe me, your blood will be given, go to good use if you give blood. I just wanted to play that because of what you said. Hey, it was great until President Trump said it was great. I was just going to say, in fairness, she conducted that interview before the president supported it. And we know how that works right now. Well, yeah, and, and that's kind of what I, I was just sort of tying into what you were saying. So last question for you. Obviously, there's the GOP convention. Uh, what was your highlight from last night? Tim Scott's speech, um, and probably more from a personal reason than anything, because I got to work with him, and I didn't know him before, but I got to work with him and his staff during the criminal justice reform. And it's very, I always like to see guys who are really serious about policy that also can do this and do the moment. I just thought he, I thought he gave a great speech and a hopeful speech and just in a direct contrast to what we saw last week. Yeah. Congressman Kelly Armstrong, keep up the great work. Thanks for your time, sir. We appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. All right, stay with us. we got a lot more coming up here on Point of View. As always, we'd love to hear from you. Please uh, share your voicemails, your texts, your emails, whatever's easiest for you. And stay with us. we got much more coming up right after this.